Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Acosti. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Acosti. Hi, welcome to the show. Today we have a special uh, guest for you, um, Eileen Ivers. She's written a new uh, wonderful book called Will Someone Play Bluey? Um, Eileen is a Grammy awarded recording artist, performer, composer, producer, educator, and nine-time All-Ireland fiddle champion. Eileen Ivers is known for her unique musical style and her signature blue violin, Bluey. She tours worldwide and has performed with such diverse artists such as Sting, Hall & Oates, Patti Smith, Chieftains, and guest starred in over 50 symphony orchestras. And she has been a featured instrumentalist in numerous Hollywood blockbuster soundtracks, including Gangs of New York and Quest for Camelot. Billboard magazine called Eileen a sensation, and the New York Times labeled her the Jimi Hendrix of the violin. Eileen lives in New York with her husband and son, and when her son was bullied on the elementary school bus, Eileen was proud to see him learn to return the next day, stand up for himself, and ultimately befriending the child. Eileen connects her musical and family experiences in authoring her first children's book, Will Someone Play Bluey? So welcome to the show, Eileen. I really appreciate you being here today. Oh, Fozia, thank you so much for having me, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, so... You know, you have a an interesting background. You your background's music and and math, which we didn't really talk about yet. Which I, I'm very fond of those two topics, as you know. We chatted a little bit before the show. Yes. But um, tell us a little bit about you. Like, how young were you when you started playing the violin? Tell us a little bit about why you decided on on music as your career choice. Great. Sure. Uh, well, again, uh, I guess it goes back to. You know, parents, I had two wonderful uh, parents, John and Annie. Uh, they're both from County Mayo in the west of Ireland. So um, first generation uh, um, Irish-American with my sister, Maureen. Uh, we grew up in the 33rd Irish County of the County Bronx, New York. I like to kind of <laughs> tease. but um, So I started playing fiddle, an Irish fiddle, at the age of eight. Um, I think it was uh, something my parents wanted to gently push uh, myself and my sister toward learning something of Irish culture to kind of keep that going. Many immigrants around then um, in the 60s, 70s were kind of putting their kids into those kind of elements of Irish dancing or that music. I started Irish dancing Fozia at first when I was about eight, and I just did not like it. I didn't take to it at all, where the whole class were going one way, I kind of was going the other way. And <laughs> yeah, it's a it, tough sport. <laughs> It is a tough sport. Absolutely. And to see, you know, because fast forward years later, I was in a dance show, Riverdance. And when you see like what they can do, it is oh, yeah. amazing. Very athletic, beautifully, you know, um, very artful as well, of course. But back then, Eileen wanted to be playing, you know, stickball on the Bronx streets with her friends in that athlete kind of way. So I think I kind of was shutting down the, the, the dance and I really did like music. Um 
My dad, God rest his soul, he used to play a lot of Irish records in our house growing up, and he loved watching the very highly intellectual show Hee Haw back in the day. Surprisingly, I think that was a very smart show. (laughs) Wasn't it? (laughs) I think so, too. I think it was brilliant how well it was put together because it looked haphazard, but you know it's not. Oh, gosh, exactly, right? As you and your wonderful producer, Matt, and all the folks on Voice American and anybody in that business, we know it it takes a lot to put those thoughts and things together. And the musicianship with the Mm -hmm. Roy Clark, Buck Owens, of course, incredibly uh, talented performers and stories and jokes and that you really got it all. But as a kid, I remember there was a guy... I think they were they were twins, two brothers who played. <laughs> I, I, re- I remember. I'm like, oh my god, I was young, <laughs> but I remember. <laughs> and and I actually, when I'm chatting as I'm talking here, I'm thinking it probably is an extension of how Bluey came to be because okay. one of the guys had a red, white, and blue fiddle. Yes. And do you remember that? I do. Yeah, it, it was very like very visual. They used to and stand I, in this little stage with hay bale. Yes. And- Yes, exactly. I've got a YouTube. Yeah. Check that out now. But um, yeah. I remember thinking their like, overalls. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but you know what? Back then, when I think about, like, I I just love the sound of the violin. I loved how it could be very yeah. emotive. It could make people, you know, it could be slow and cathartic and sounding and and get emotions that way. But it could also be that yeehaw, really spirited fast, joyful sound, which is in very much in Irish music and also Americana music. So right. even back in that early years, I kind of remember being very much gravitated toward that and, you know, kind of speeding up through through life. I, I just kept learning it. Um, had a great teacher, an Irish-born gentleman who taught in the back of an Irish pub in the Bronx, and he taught hundreds of kids the music, uh, fiddles, accordions, flutes, whistles were being taught, banjos. And yeah, years later, I never thought I'd have a full-time career playing music, but it's it's been an absolute joy. Hard work, but it's been so, so rewarding, and I feel so grateful. Well, you know, I, I, I really love that you had such an extensive experience with playing the violin and how much joy it seems to have brought you. But tell me how that ties into mathematics. You know, yes, you have a math background and you have this really interesting connection with the two. So, And I personally have that connection with my kids because my my older daughter loves math. My younger daughter plays the violin. So I, I really connected with this. So tell me how that connected for you. Thank you, Fozzie, because I, I do love to chat about it. <clears throat> and I think it's interesting because I'm a big proponent of music in schools and any way you could get the arts in school, I think is so, so important for many reasons, of course. we And we know there is a correlation between math and music. Absolutely. Um, obviously, mathematics, a beautiful, you know, uh, learning form. It's full of a lot of logic, a lot of beauty, uh, elegant, you know, is, is, are some words associated with higher math and theorems and just making things look so beautiful and, and, and simple. Uh, but the, the truths are, are always there. And I think in a lot of ways, music is very much like that um, in the sense of just the literal, maybe breaking down harmonies, a two to one ratio mm-hmm. on, a, say, a string would be, well, that's your full octave, or maybe a three to two might be your fifth harmony and all, all the different dividing things, which is purely mathematical in the way the Hertz scale or whatever that the whole thing will run but also then you get into maybe rhythms or counter melodies and how things fit um, working with a band of musicians for many years I I love to bring arrangements in art that are thoughtful some rhythmic some and I, I often think well, that 
the brain now in mathematically speaking back in the day when I was in college and and, and post-grad work it it does help develop that part of the brain I think the again just to kind of see the logic that and the the method in it all to work out arrangements to hopefully recall arrangements and that so I think it's helped me so much in my music I laugh I never really had that day gig (laughs) you know (laughs) I use that math degree but I think I use it constantly with music Oh, I agree. I think the two are so connected. I, I mean, I, I, I think it's brilliant how you used it to, uh, you know, move forward in your career in music. I think math and music are so connected. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. I think there's probably a lot of people out there that can identify with your story. There's another quick one, if, if you sure. uh, it's like when, when I remember in, in college doing a kind of the, on the thesis part of it, um, and, and it was it was great because I wrote about like Bach and, and how he wrote, you know, his Fibonacci series would be in his amazing work sometimes, a Fibonacci number, the, um, the infinite series in math, right, it would just kind of pop up in different bar numbers of some of Bach's famous fugues and things. And mm-hmm. it was really interesting. We would start chatting. I, I talked about that a little bit. And, you know, the, the uh, so much of these ratios or, 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 you know, series numbers are we find in nature and all that. But it was great anyway. The art and the music uh, part and the mathematics got in a great heated battle with the math professor that was in the room that time and the music professor. And it was really cool because for a second, I just stepped back and had the two guys go at it because the... Uh, mathematician was very much saying and he would be right that maybe between two music notes that say an a and a b note there'd be an infinite amount of notes obviously in that space right because that's a mathematic thing that well you'll never fully reach that and then obviously the music professor would say well no there's you know you have a b flat a b flat b or maybe in other scales there'd be more so it was really interesting how sometimes it would be at odds in certain ways but of course they work so well together. So just, it was kind of a fun yeah, thing to that, that. That could be a whole show on its own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Your listeners now are sound asleep. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, I was just, I had all these thoughts. I thought, no, I don't really want to go that direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So to, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. You've, you've performed with some pretty amazing artists like Sting and the Chieftains. Uh, tell us about your experiences. Tell us some stories uh, about your performances. Oh, it's been a, a wonderful career. Again, I, I feel so lucky to have been um, just blessed with just meeting people throughout, you know, working with, with um, different projects who were just open to having me on board. And, 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 and uh, the Chieftains, of course, are, are, are an amazing Irish band that's been going for so, so many years. And I did a, a record or two with them and, and uh, also toured with them. And it was great. It was like being right there with a the, with a hierarchy of of amazing Irish music ambassadors, and uh, taught me a lot. You know, back in the late '90s, um, I toured with them. Um, to you know something like on the pop end, Sting, who was incredible uh, to to work with. I've always admired his music, of course, and his person. He's just such a thoughtful artist, and um, you know, even like behind um, some of the the sound check times, we would the band would just kind of get into jamming, and he'd be always the right there to just kind of jam on some tune he mightn't have heard, but of course would be right there. And it was so fun to see that um, process with him. But he was very open to what the musicians he worked with 
would bring to the table, and I loved that about him. And he kind of, I played on his song, uh, but he allowed me to play what I thought and brought to the table. And again, I was so grateful because I think when you come from your heart and you play in an honest way, it can only be good for the final product all around. So I really appreciated that. Um, Patti Smith was another amazing, iconic, you know, performer that um, I, I, I did a track on her record. Uh, it was called Gone Again. And it was a, a, a song she wrote for her late husband, uh, Fred, at the time, many years back now, again, like maybe late 90s, I guess. Um, but that was really interesting because that, again, music and math, right? But, but my musical sense would have been to do something fancier on the track. But it was such a gut-wrenching song that, you know, I asked her, I said, I have a thought and I'd like to try this. And she was great and all open for it. So I went back in the recording booth and I used a crybaby wah-wah pedal through my electric fiddle and kind of got this very angst sort of driven sound from the Mm -hmm. instrument and and through like the palette of the wah bending the note and really making a cry and kind of just whatever way I did to, I thought, suited the song and whatever her lyrics were at the time. And it was so wonderful, Fazia, because I came back into the the control room. She just gave me a hug, and she said, thank you. That's what it needed. Wow. Those things like that are are, are wonderful because you don't know what, especially with music, what you're going to bring to the table, and you hope that it's an an, an open, you know, ended kind of back and forth with who you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you have some wonderful stories to share about who you've worked with. Tell us a little bit about the places you've toured. What what are some of your favorite places that you've oh, been to? Gosh, yeah. again, a long career, and again, thank God, but uh, we've been around <laughs> <laughs> around the world, I feel, uh, truly. Um, you know, I guess, well, Riverdance, again, that dance show, I was in the show for about three years, and we toured Australia, of course, all around the States, Canada. Um, we went... Uh, when we went down under, that was really interesting because uh, that I guess was my second time being there. But that was wonderful to see again Irish uh, music and and dance being celebrated on these world stages. That was just again such a privilege to be a part of. Um, Paul and Oates was a <clears throat> great R and B duo that I shared. Uh, I was in the band for about a year, so we were in Singapore and Tokyo and a, a, a great places out there. And again, I would just kind of get my Irish fiddle out and ju- jump in a, a jam in an Irish pub. And, and that really was an eye-opener for me because I said to myself, geez, I mean, you, you're playing with Japanese-born people who are playing Irish music like they were born in the west of Ireland. So that was a, an amazing insight to just be in these kind of wacky places, playing these tunes that are shared around the world. Um and, and maybe just on our own band, like we, we tour uh, performing arts centers, festivals now coming up in the summer and um, symphonies and to be on some of the Boston pop stages or Cleveland Orchestra, Severance Hall, National Concert Hall in, in D.C. Again, for for simple like roots music with a lot of heart, it's been such a privilege to be guest artists in some of these amazing orchestras. So just so grateful, Fozzie. It's been it's been a, a great ride thus far. Well, I hope you have many, many more years of the success that you've already had. Thank you. What is, what is your favorite type of performance? Do you prefer prefer the studio, or do you prefer live, or do you prefer the pub, or where, where do you question. what do you like to do best, or what do you enjoy the most? I should say. 
guess ultimately the live playing is so fulfilling, you know. I, I think especially when we've all been shut down from live arts, uh, sadly, for the last few years, <clears throat> to get out to a live audience, break that fourth wall down and really connect with people, you know, hear people singing a song you might have written, come back to you with a chorus, a reaffirming chorus. You know, there's a song I wrote called Shine that's on our last record. Um, The record's called Scatter the Light. And the record is very much about, ironically, it was actually dropped on March 13th, 2020. But um, we were on the stage, <laughs> exactly, uh, irony there with uh, musicians definitely not having a good uh, sense of when to, when to release a record, but who knew, right? <laughs> the world was going to like shut down. We were on the stage with the Colorado Philharmonic about to go and finish sound check, and we were told, you know, that's it, we were unsafe to continue. But um, that, that record came out. Uh, and it was relaunched, obviously, now that we're back to live touring. But the record speaks to overcoming personal hardship and and just to find, you know, the blessings in life, the gratitude in life. And Shine, for example, leads the rec- uh, record off. And it's just a reaffirming um, song about being good, doing good. And this audience sings back, I'm going to shine. And I tell you... Playing it last summer in live festivals outside to a few thousand people when they sang back, I just, at one point, I actually got so emotional. It just hit me, wow, we needed this bonding so much. You have to be, of course, in a studio to record and and create the songs, which is a great process that I love and enjoy so much. But getting out to an audience, hearing, you know, that positive affirmation coming back and to share a really wonderful experience, nothing like it. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, it, it it sounds like you really love connecting with your audience, and it sounds like they love connecting with you. Um, one of the things that uh, you you have formed your own production company uh, called Musical Bridge with your husband Brian. Um, so you've really followed your dream. You've done the things you want to do with your life. Tell us how you came up with this idea. How did, why did you decide to start your own company? Well, it was interesting. I think again, just life following life and the roads that are given and, 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 and open the doors that are there for you and what we choose, of course. Right. Um, I think I always had that denial for many years in in the nineties where, you know, I had the degree and all that. My parents being immigrants, they didn't have the chance for higher education, but I, I always love to play. Like you mentioned, Fazia, I love to connect. But I was always that guilt thing. But get that day job, you know, my folks didn't have the easy run. I, I could have a, a better, easier life than, you know, oh, starting a production company and playing music is not the easiest road to travel. But again, thank you for asking, as your listeners probably get, I, I do love what, what we do. And we've been grateful for amazing you know, times of, of playing on stage. So it was kind of shortly after Riverdance, three years, the production at the end of the 90s came into New York, my backyard, Broadway bound. And I decided that I should leave because I felt I had done three years. I know it was crazy, but it came to Broadway. But I felt, you know what? I just needed musically to move on. And I just started my own band kind of with my husband. We formed this production company, Musical Bridge, named after a little pre-famine um, uh, musical bridge literally in the west of Ireland in, in a small, tiny, I wouldn't even call it village. Um, and, and you take a rock and you roll the rock on it and it plays music. So I thought, hey, that's where my mom is from, musical bridge. It, it, it says a lot of what we were hoping to do with the company, which is, you know, make records, tour, 
uh, who write, write a children's book, you know, all these things that can kind of from the company go out and do just touch people in different, hopefully positive ways. And, and that's kind of was the dream. Um, my husband was a software engineer in his previous life and then decided to become our manager, the band's manager. He's a front of house sound engineer, travels with us. He does a lot of the, the work uh, to, to put the tours on. So it's a full family kind of endeavor. I love it. I love family businesses. I think those are the best. Uh, other than your own um, band, do you produce other bands as well? Or do you, is this your own business just for your band? Great question. It's funny. I, I, I literally recently was saying I'd love to do more production for other folks. It, it's all about time consuming and, and, uh-huh. and that, as we know, but um, the time hadn't been there, but but now I'm, I'm very much open to it. I've been approached by some people. So I think it's something I'd love to get more into for sure. Yeah, I, I think you definitely have the talent for it. So why not? Yeah. Um, how did you cope with the performing arts stages being shut down for so long? When COVID hit, you, you talked about it briefly, but mm. you, you shifted gears a little bit. You wrote this wonderful book, Will Someone Play Bluey? But what what else changed in your life for you? Yeah, right. It changed us all very, very quickly, I think. Um, just to recap, like that story, truly being on this Colorado Philharmonic stage, March 12th, which was the Thursday. And um, we were told, just to set it up briefly, I, you know, this, this, this visual stays with me because we were told by the uh, executive director, we couldn't continue. So she asked if we could do a quick video, 60 second or something video to explain to the sold out audiences coming that weekend, many thousands of folks that we couldn't perform. So I remember just having a solo fiddle with a microphone and the guys joined me around that one mic. um, And the stage was, there was a spotlight in the video just shining down on me, excuse me, on the stage and then at the end, the house uh, the lighting person brought up all the house lights. And then you could see the whole 360 degree, beautiful, maybe 2000 seat theater, completely empty. All the orchestra chairs, completely wow. empty. So it was a stark visual of what was to come. But quickly, thank God, we got home the next day. We were able to fly back to New York where we're, the band and I are based and then it was quick, like, wow, well, we have a child in school, and I had, uh, I have a, a, a beautiful mom who <clears throat> was at living at home by herself but needed care. And, again, long story short, you know, you, you quickly go into, well, what, ha- what can you do to be the carer now? Elder care and, and remote learning were the two big things. <clears throat> and, thankfully, um, you know, we, we were able to approach that. It was a great system here in, in New York with the schooling and the remote learning. So it was immediately into that mode. And then trying to help every theater, every festival, symphonies would approach us to do whatever we could to help them. So we do some live feeds, we do some tracks, create music to help them keep afloat. And then that really kind of kept you so busy, to be honest, for my little world that I, I didn't realize it wasn't like, oh, wow, so it so stinks that the record didn't come out. And, you know, you weren't feeling sorry for yourself. It was just survival mode and help right. everybody do what they could to get through where it was. And, of course, we all thought, oh, by the summer we'd be back. And then, then it got, started to get a little bit tougher. And, again, just long story short, you, you start – well, for me, I started writing. Um, I started to just keep playing music. 
do a lot of visuals for others. And then eventually, without having that, again, that live experience, wanting to get out and, and connect with people, the children's book came to, to my mind. And I thought, you know what? I always wanted to do this. I have the time now. I'm at home. And let me see if I could create this. That's been in my mind. So, Well, yeah, it sounds like you kept really busy during the pandemic, which is awesome because a lot of people didn't have that that privilege. And I think that's wonderful that you were able to not only stay busy, but you were helping others in the process and you were, you were staying productive. I think that's wonderful. And this book, Will Someone Play Bluey? I, I love it. I, um, I don't know if you can see it, but um, it's an awesome book. And Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I want to back up just a little bit. So Bluey is actually the name of your fiddle, correct? Correct. It's my electric violin that I perform with. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the concept. Why did you decide to write a children's children's book and, and how did you decide on this topic? The idea came, um, I think just the love of books and the love of reading to our son, Aiden, um, was, uh, something, and, and as we know, there's great children's books and there's some you're like, Oh, really? <laughs> you know, maybe at the end of it, you know, uh, it, it wouldn't be a favorite, but, um, but he, Aiden loved to, to read. He loves to read thankfully. And which is great. Um, and, and basically we, um, would read so much together and then this bullying incident happened for Aiden in school, uh, and it happened on the bus. He came home. He told us, thankfully, we were able to really help him understand that you this is not acceptable. You have to stand up for yourself. People can't put you down like this. And if uh, somebody does attack you, you have to fight back in that sense. You have this in mentally or whatever ways we have to stand up for each other and respect each other. And Fauzi, it was like a light bulb just went off. I thought, wow, I play a blue violin. It's such a ubiquitous instrument, you know, but it's blue. There's all the brand violins. And Bluey, my fiddle, truly is different. If I write a book that have a bunch of musical instruments as the characters with the personalities and they speak to each other, then maybe there's a way through these instruments to get a really, really pure, lovely message across to kids that they could take in their heart and say, you know, I get it. It'll touch them. And... Um, yeah, I was so excited to jump in. The ideas flood my brain. I, I, I actually wanted to write it in rhyme and rhythm, which I did. Yeah. And I kind of went out to the back of our house here. There are a lot of trees around, and I kind of sketched the preliminary. I made Bluey look like he does with the F-holes being the eyes, and all the instruments kind of came to my imagination, and then the rhythm and, and the rhyme came. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of it. Yeah, no, I love it. It's a, it's an awesome book, and I, I think it's going to do very well. Um, I, I really like the fact that, um, you know, it's it's written for kids in a way that they can identify with it. The characters are identifiable. Everyone can identify with music. I mean, it is the universal language. So I, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a great book. It's a great concept, too, talking about bullying, because it's such a important topic. I mean, so many kids deal with bullying. Um, my, my oldest daughter actually dealt with bullying in, in, um, I think it was fifth grade and, and the child actually got kicked out of school. And I had told her, I said, you know, kids tend to bully when they don't spend enough time with their parents, or maybe they don't have, you know, a a good connection with their parents. And 
this child got kicked out of school and my daughter came home kind of angry and she looked at me. She goes, uh, the other child got kicked out of school. She goes, and I don't think it's because she didn't spend enough time with her mother. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, very, very true. Oh. And you just have to, you know, we, we all do the best we can raising, but, you know, to be kind is universal truth as well. And you have to be kind and that's just not acceptable. So, you know, bullying is, is a real thing, um, you know, absolutely. put the book out there and have it be just such widely acclaimed and with great reviews. It's just been so cool. It's been, uh, and, and, and have kids identify with the blue violin you know, it is something that they get it. They get the compassion about it. And it's, it's great. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get ready to take a break here in a minute. How can someone get in contact with you or how can they get a copy of the book? Thank you, uh, Fuzzy. Well, Amazon, good old Amazon.com. It's right available there. The soft cover, hard cover. We have a, an audio book coming up on that. It was also on Barnes and Nobles, I believe as well. And a Facebook page, probably Eileen Ivers is the Facebook and a website is there. If you just Google around Eileen Ivers, I'm kind of, Instagram all, all over the place, but love easy to find. Folks. Easy to find, Fuzzy. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can subscribe to our Executive Function magazine there. You can also go to our YouTube channel as well as our um, Voice America page. So uh, we'll be back after these messages, and we're going to talk more with Eileen Ivers, and we're going to talk specifically about her book, Will someone play Bluey when we come back from our break? If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Fawzia Costi is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Fozzie works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fozzie, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-888. 
1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. Uh, today, we're talking with Eileen Ivers. Uh, welcome back, Eileen. I thank you for being on the show. Great to be with you, Fozzie. Enjoying our chat. Yeah, I, I am really enjoying talking with you as well. And I, lo- I love your new book, um, Will Someone Play Bluey? Uh, it's about bullying. So we talked a little bit about before our break about how you came up with the concept, but I love the illustration in here as well. Did you um, come up with the idea of uh, how you wanted it illustrated or did you work with an illustrator and they came up with the idea? How, How did that work for you? Yeah, I actually did the illustrations, the very raw ones myself, just to see if it had legs, had ideas, you know, and um, it was interesting. I, again, just kind of thought about these musical instruments, what they would look like. So it kind of started with that. There's Bluey being angry. (laughs) Uh, So the F holes there, again, I thought, oh, that'd be cool for his eyes. And just thought about that. Um, I knew I wanted an audio book uh, as well as being part of this. So I picked the banjo because I play banjo. Priscilla is the piano. I wanted a little alliteration in there as well. Um, Joe, the banjo. Uh, Finn is the flute. And um, then the, the mean one is the, the djembe, which is Drake, the djembe. So the drum <laughs> is the mean guy. He's the loud guy. And um, I kind of just really you know, again, thinking, well, if it's in rhyme and rhythm, I think that's really important and true rhyme and rhythm, which was tough. I gave myself like a really hard challenge there because as a first children's book, I kind of reached for, let's go for the rhyme and rhythm because I love when kids read in rhyme and rhythm. I think it helps us all, you know, learning syllables and spellings and all of that. Um, Well, it makes those connections in your brain, actually. Thank you. There you go. yeah. I think it it, it it was, uh, you know, something I kind of definitely wanted to shoot for. And I came out with it very quickly with the words and then tweaked it probably for a few months then after just to get like every word at the best it could possibly be, you know. And, and uh, they say children's books could be in some ways the hardest to write because it's the kind of the least amount, but you have to kind of get the kid engaged as well as the parents who's going to understand and, and buy it for their children or whatever. So um, coming up with that was the, the idea. And, and then the, the visuals were again, kind of all done. I was so proud of myself to just kind of go for that, but I am in no way a professional graphic artist at all. So thankfully with this wonderful woman, actually from Ukraine, Solomia online, who I met and, um, and she was marvelous uh, through a great company, get your books illustrated com from South Africa. It was a truly universal experience from New York to South Africa to Ukraine uh, of getting the book done and just wonderful folks to work with. They truly kind of honored what I, the vision I was going for, but Solomia just did a beautiful job in bringing Bluey and the colors and the little children to life. Yeah, no, I love it. The graphics are beautiful. They really are. They're colorful, but they're not too bright. They're, they're just it's easy to read. We were talking earlier about, you know, children's books and how, you know, some of them you read over and over again and some are not so great. This is one I could definitely imagine if my kids were younger, I'd probably read it to them over and over again. Um, Um, You know, I I think there's certain books that, you know, you, you read over and over again. 
And Dr. Seuss comes to mind. I think it's because of that rhythm. You know, kids love that. Adults love that. They're fun to read. They have a message. And so it it makes it so much uh, more fun for a child to to read something like that. It also makes it easier for them to learn how to read because that rhythm sticks with them. They're like, okay, there's a rhythm to these words. Exactly. It's funny, even some of the lines, I'm just looking at the book now as well. It's been a while, but, you know, I kind of wanted to keep echoing the blue violin as the last sort of thing. So again, when I saw, you know, little kids read it, I loved watching them before. I kind of did a little test audience, but, you know, um, say this, I was, when I, I think on page two there, I started to introduce, there's Finn who's a flute, the banjo is Joe, Priscilla the pretty piano aglow, the drum's name is Drake, loud sounds he does make, but no one plays Bluey the blue violin. And to hear the kids like, the blue violin, it sort of reinforces at times sure. uh, that, you know, but it, it was, I tell you, Fozzie, it was so fun to just, kind of put the creative juices in this new way for me. It, it really, um, and then to see kids enjoy the book, enjoy the characters, embrace the characters, love and feel sorry for the blue violin and want him to succeed in the end, want him to be picked up by a little kid and to be played and loved. And, 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 uh, and I mean, obviously there's a few messages in here, but you know, how the other instruments see that Bluey will be so y- unique, you know, he's quiet, he's been bullied, but he has so much more to say. So that underlying theme of, you know, our differences are often our strengths is so key. You know me. what? That is so right. I, and I always tell my students, you know what? The things that make life hard now, the things that make you stand out now are going to be your greatest gifts later in life. But, you know, I have to tell you, one of the things that I love about your book is how the illustrations match the... Um, the emotion they, you know, and how at the end, Bluey, the pages have more animation. They're more colorful. And I don't know if you can see this, but it just really makes it stand out. I I love that. Um, So not only does it have the rhythm, it has the the color that matches that emotion. So when children read this, they're going to definitely see, they're going to hear it. They're going to feel it. It's it's going to really make them make the uh, book come to life for them. Thank you. And I have to say, it was so fun because, you know, it, it's such a visual thing to your point, but doing the audiobook, which we're still, we're so behind with work, thankfully, but it's going to be up there very soon because it's actually been all recorded. I wrote the rhythm and I was thinking, I think as a musician, da, 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 like in a, in a feel of three. So just for example, again, that opening page, <clears throat> um, on top of a hill, Eileen's music school is cute, made of brick, and is so very cool. Kids come from around, meet up to make sound, but no one will pick up the blue violin. Da 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 da. And then I thought, well, that's like a, a, th- a feel of three. It's sort of like a jig in Irish music and an African. So at the in the I wrote a, a little jig, like something in six eight time form. And what I did, I kind of was sneaky, Fazio, but, but I it's so fun to chat to you because I never talked to, to anybody about this, <laughs> these little subtleties. But I have the jig I love it. on on this page here, and I think yeah, one more time. So that's the beginning line. 
da 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 da. So it, it, it's it's a, a theme, and it also was a a tune that I wrote and and I I recorded in the audiobook where all the mus- musical instruments actually are playing together, which is key too. Yeah. And when you play together, life is good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And for those of you listening who can't see what we're talking about, you can go, um, once we're done with the show live today, you can go on our YouTube channel probably within 24 hours and see the visual. Um, it, it's it's pretty fun watching um, Eileen do all this wonderful stuff uh, on the show. So thank you for, for being here today. I really appreciate this. I, I think the story line is great. I think, I, I think bullying is such a, you know, difficult concept to deal with for kids, but you know, it happens for adults too. So this might even be helpful for adults. You know, what's funny. You just hit it there. I was just in now with um, an assisted living the other day and this woman came over and um, she said, you know what? I can't believe it. She said, there's bullying in the senior assisted living. It's just crazy. It is sadly in, in, in human makeup. And of course we see it with, with kids an awful lot. And hopefully if that could be kind of stopped or lessened a lot more in the beginning of life, wouldn't that be better through our lives just not to have it. So just respect my goodness, respect each other. We all bring something to the table. We learn from each other. And it does, I don't mean to sound all fluffy and, you know, happy day, but I mean, truly, it's kind of that simple. There's so much to be learned from each other and it, respect should just be universal. End of story and be kind. I agree with you. You know, I had a student ask me a few years ago, kind of a, a snotty little tone. He's like, why do you care so much? Aww. And so I said to him, I said, because I share a planet with you. It's really that simple. If you're happier then chances are I'm probably going to be happier too, because I don't have to deal with your grumpiness. (laughs) (laughs) Very simple. (laughs) And he just kind of sat there and looked at me and I thought, you know, that's really the bottom line. You know, we want everyone. I mean, it's not, it's not like this fluffy thing. It's, It's a genuine love for humanity. If we all impact each other, No matter, you know, no matter what we think, we impact each other. And, you know, it's just nice to have a happier society. It's nice to have a happier home or a happier business or whatever it is you're involved in. If you bring that gratitude and that joy into your work, you impact others just like you do if you bring your grumpiness and your nastiness. Absolutely. You go to the grocery store, you check out. If you just take a second and say, how you doing today? You know, I know we all want to rush out in and out as fast as possible, but gosh, sometimes those simple things in life truly make somebody's day. Or if somebody's you know looking for something and you just have a second to talk to an older person, you know, who's maybe a little lonely and they want just a little bit of a chat. Take a second. My God, your time isn't that valuable. And, and just just connect again. Just be kind and, and, and respectful. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Bluey's story. Will there be a follow-up story? It's so funny. Now that the, the cast of characters are in place, um, and, and, and I think I kind of, at the end of it, I wanted there to be follow-ups. And I hope Fazia to get into the next story already because I have a few ideas. Again, time is the issue, but that's okay. They hopefully we'll carve out some time. But yeah, I love that there's five identifiable personalities already in the in the instruments, 
And I think once you have like these inanimate objects, you know, you're able to move around a lot easier than you would with, with real kids, maybe in a, in a children's story. Right. I love that. And also instruments do speak and they have personalities and they have tones and they have, you know, little emotions. So uh, through that, um, and I don't really know of other books that are kind of hitting on those points. So there's a bunch of ideas that I I hopefully want to really get to. If, if well, yeah, I can see you having more flexibility to touch on other, you know, serious topics. Like you you could even go into like ADHD, you know, (laughs) you know, the the kid who just has a difficult time paying attention and is missing that beat all the time. They can't (laughs) quite fit into the band, you know, something like that would be kind of funny (laughs) because it's true. It happens, you know, Absolutely. We, I know very well it, it does happen and, and, uh, or, or teamwork, you know, like yeah. what was just how they all, you know, maybe everybody wants to take a solo, but in, in life, you know, the best teams are not the all-star teams, the basketball teams, but a true great team that knows how to give the ball away, have somebody else take that dunk and, and pass it around and, and be true team members, you know, as we know, that's a, a little lesson in life. So well, you were talking about how you have, you know, your husband on your team and your son's on your team and you've got other people. Yeah. Y- you might be the face of your team, but you have people that do things. You, you know, we all think we can do things by ourselves, but we really just can't. No. I, I would not be anywhere without my team. I mean, I, I could not have my magazine without my editor or my radio show without my producer. So we need other people. We definitely do. And again, the gratitude to be grateful and to realize that the ego in life could be amazing that you see and boy, ego gets you nowhere. I, I don't, I don't get that. I, um, I'm just, I, I, I know I'd be a mess without Brian, uh, my husband to, to work out itineraries and getting from A to B and, you know, to get a five member band, I'd be, I couldn't go up on stage with just a solo fiddle and entertain folks for a long time. I mean, I'd like to think I could, but no way, you know, to have some songs and different instruments in the band and all that. So of course, teams are, are, are everything. And it's, it's super important to remember that. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So what are some other uh, projects that you're, uh, you're working on right now? Well, I have to say, I, I was I was I was chatting about the band and things like that. I, I w- just came off a trip from Ireland, and uh, I was playing solo without the band, which was um, kind of uh, really fun because I was working with different musicians over there. But um, it's a it's a new project I just launched with a great team of folks in Ireland, another great team, uh, Wild Atlantic Music Tours. So I should just make a shout out to those guys because um, they're from the southwest corner of Ireland and they have a great website if folks want to check it out, Wild Atlantic Music Tours. And the Wild Atlantic um, in Ireland is in the west coast of Ireland. It's this wonderful little route that goes up with spectacular scenery. And I do a, a week tour and I'll be doing three actually next year, one in April, one at the end of June and one in early July taking a busload of Americans to the West of Ireland and showing them the real Ireland, the real deal, the real music. We share music and stories and sights and sounds on the, on the wild Atlantic way. So that that's been a really fun um, new project that I've been involved in. And I'm really excited to, to continue with that in the next few years. Yeah. How does somebody get in touch with you if they want to participate in that? Well, thank you, Fozia. Um, I guess, uh, 
probably their website that these guys that or or I think it might be on ours, but uh, Wild Atlantic Music Tours. If you if you Google that, it'll come up with their website. And then I I know my mug of my face is on there. Eileen Ivers is awesome. That's on there, but it's going to be really cool. We we uh, have. Uh, Again, my folks being from County Mayo in the west of Ireland, we, we go right to my mother's birthplace. And that is so, so exciting for me to show yeah. my friends from here just where, again, the simple, humble beginnings, right? Looking at the Atlantic Ocean where my mom is from and we go up to the land and we see all kinds of incredible sights. Ireland is just, it renews you, I think, again, in just getting over there. For me anyway, it's just, uh, it's, it's wonderful reminder of the past and how it fuels your present. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what are your future goals? Let's talk a little bit about that. We have about nine minutes before the end of our uh, time together, and I would love to know what your future plans are. Well, thank you, Fazia. I, I think, again, you know, having things more opened up now has been wonderful for the arts, for sure. You know, for- absolutely. Forming and we're seeing a, a wonderful summer schedule that we're um, kind of involved in at the moment. A lot of travel, um, gigs being booked there for the, the rest of the year. We have a holiday show, Christmas show that um, is called A Joyful Christmas that I'm very proud of. So it really centers on what that time of year is. Um, and eat more recordings. You know, I, I think this tour in Ireland has been an opener for me to get back to the roots of the music as well and just to simplify it at times. So I'd love to record a record that is um, a little bit more, um, you know, more solo oriented than the bigger band productions that I just have been doing. So it's exciting when you wake up every day and there's new things to kind of unfold and and to get into. And again, the, the, the Bluey book has been an eye opener because to see through a new medium, like we were chatting earlier with your amazing magazine and, and, and your business, how you can, you know, hopefully reach out to different audiences in, in these different ways. Sure. Kids are so important. Kids are everything. I love doing master classes in schools, you know, going into a school. They never heard Irish music or bluegrass or Americana. And then they realize, my gosh, this music, which we love to play and represent, has roots in Celtic and Irish, has roots in African music. It's all connected, all of this music. So getting into these schools and showing them the roots instruments, the drums, the accordions, the fiddles, the banjos, how bluey my instrument can go through a fuzz guitar, wah-wah pedal and sound, you know, like very unique and different. It blows kids away and hopefully they get them into, um, you know, a, a mindset of learning music and getting out there and kind of maybe even taking us full circle for us. We chatted about music in schools earlier when we started our chat. I think music in schools, art in schools is so important to get our mind thinking in the mathematical way in reading in moving our body gymnastics, as the great Plato said back in the day, all of those things should be the well-rounded person. So big sure. fan of all of that. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. It's, uh, I love music. I, I love math. I think it's, it's a wonderful uh, base for everything we do. It is truly a base. And, and I think what you do is fantastic. And I love the message in your new book. Uh, Will someone play Bluey? I, I think it's, it's a fantastic book. If I don't know if you can see it. Um, but yeah. Um, so if you're interested in Eileen Ivers, you can uh, go to her website, Eileen Ivers, E-I-L-E-E-N-I-V-E-R-S.com. We'll also have a banner for her on our website at voiceamerica.com 
probably closer to the end of the week. Um, and is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience before we close our time together? I just thank you so much, Fuzzy, for what you are doing with the wonderful platform and Voice of America, a wonderful organization. I think it's it's great to chat about these topics, about bullying, how to make it a little bit less, um, or at least talk about it, right? So so thank you very much for the invitation of being on here. Thank you for what you do and, you. and how you express um, these things and, and, and teach us all so much. And um, just very, very happy to be with you. And I really enjoyed the chat today, Fuzzy. Thank you. My pleasure. It's been a joy talking to you. I have one last question for you. I hope I don't throw you for. No, I love it. Love Uh, it. One question I typically ask most of my uh, guests is what advice would you give yourself, your 20 year old self, knowing what you know today? Great question. Uh, I would say my 20 year old self was very fearful of being an instrumentalist, I'll, I'll try to wrap it up quickly, but being an instrumentalist and just being all about my instrument and not speaking about the music, not speaking about the things in my mind that connects it, about these emotions, about being positive, about being all this stuff. And then now I've gotten over that fear of public speaking, over that fear of being, oh, what is she talking about? To knowing that if I got there even sooner, that would have been pretty cool, but I'm glad I got there. So don't be afraid. Go for it. Touch people. Life is short. It's a wild and precious ride and be kind. Nice. Thank you so much. Um, so, and if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can subscribe to our magazine. And if you missed our last three issues, you can go onto my website and take a peek at our last three issues. The magazine is free. It's international and it's digital. So you can feel free to take a look at that. Uh, You can also listen to our podcast on the uh, website as well. And if you'd like to get in touch with me about executive function coaching, or if you'd like to write an article for the magazine or be a guest on the show, you can uh, submit um, a request through the website as well, or you can contact me directly. My number is 480-648-1122. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our listeners throughout the world. Thank you for listening. Without you, this show would not be possible. So um, just a quick shout out to those in Ireland. We do have listeners in Ireland as well as China and uh, gosh, Africa and uh, Canada and all over the U.S. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll uh, talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week. <laughs>